0: Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, There it is, a podcast exploring (laughs) Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. Well, well, Joe Thorne, where Uh, are you from? Now, I think they should know. I don't need to tell them. Oh, yeah, because you're Joe freaking Thorne. I feel like if they're listening to the podcast, they can read the bio.
1: And I'm Fofo.
0: (laughs) We are both at Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles. Uh, Jimmy is an elder candidate, and I am the lead pastor. feel better.
1: I do, I do. I want everyone to know you are Pastor Joe, Lead Pastor Joe, Senior Pastor Joe, Culture of Honor Joe.
0: Okay, the Right Reverend, the Right Joe Reverend, Thorne. the Bishop. Yeah, whatever it takes. <gasps> I like that, Bishop Joe, Bishop Joe. <laughs> <laughs> you guys sent in a ton of email and Facebook messages and uh, tweets, twitters? twitters. I think
1: I think it's tweets, it's twitters, definitely. Tw- no, no tweets. They call it a tweet, twits. No, 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 That that's people who use it. It's oh. A, it's, a, it's a tweet. It's a tweet.
0: Okay. So we said, send in the stuff that you want us to talk about. And you guys sent in a lot of stuff, and it's it's continuing to come in. Yeah. So uh, Thanks, by the way. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys have great ideas, and we're not going to get to most of them tonight. No, no. Because they're big topics. A lot of them
1: are. And a lot of them are topics that... Um, a number of people have asked for. Right. And so I think we're going to make those into episodes, right? Yeah, definitely.
0: So uh, what we're going to do from now on is is we're going to introduce, you know, maybe one or two uh, questions that come through the mailbag on each episode. But today we're going to answer as many as we can. And I'm going to keep track of time so that this doesn't turn into an hour and a half. Okay.
1: um, Well, here, let's go ahead and start. Do it. uh, Here's a question that came in multiple times. It's about the second commandment. And so we just picked one individual. Matt Roberts wrote, Hey guys, I was wondering if you could talk about the second commandment, particularly when it comes to images of Jesus. It's something I've been wrestling with when it comes to the confessions. I've noticed that Joe has posted images on Instagram that have Jesus pictured. Wayne Grudem, no way, Wayne, no way, Wayne makes the argument that images of Jesus are not a violation of the second commandment. Sorry for the long email. Thanks guys. Loving the podcast.
0: Thanks, man. Thanks for liking the podcast and mm-hmm. for uh, representing a bunch of people that uh, wanted to talk about this. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's do this. Uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time here because we want to answer a bunch of questions, but we'll just do it like this. Uh, you'll find the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. You'll also find them in Deuteronomy, but Exodus 20 is where you find the Ten Commandments, and um, you should know the Ten Commandments. By heart? Yeah, they're important. They're, they're uh, important. Like these. This is good. So... You know, if you know everybody that's on your favorite baseball, basketball team, then you should be able to know the Ten Commandments. Uh, so anyways. Predicting. Thanks, dude. <laughs> the Second Commandment. Uh, you know what the First Commandment is, right? You shall have no other gods before me. Before man. me, yes. Yeah, yeah okay. Now my sentence, act like you know. <laughs> but the Second Commandment is this. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. I might have interjected another thousands in there. Uh, thousands, upon thousands. thousands upon thousands. Thousands uh, upon thousands. So, really, when we look at this, the, the command seems pretty simple You shall not make a graven image, uh, you shall not bow down to it. Jimmy, what graven images are forbidden here that we are not supposed to bow down to?
1: Um, Things that are, was it above the earth, under the earth, in the sea?
0: So we cannot make images of anything Mm -hmm. and bow down and worship it. That's right. Right? So it's not just depictions of God. Yeah. But depictions of anything. Anything. That's what it says now what all, what some theologians some of my favorite theologians take this position is you cannot depict god in in an image Uh, Father, Son, or Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can't depict the Father because he's Spirit, Holy Spirit. It's right there in the name. He's Spirit. You can't really depict him outside of some sort of symbol. And to depict the Son, although he existed in the form as man and does forever exist as the God-man, to depict him in any visual representation for some theologians is a violation of the second commandment. To depict Jesus in any visual representation is a violation of the second commandment. My response is that that is not necessarily a violation of the second commandment. A depiction of the person of Jesus, the incarnate God, Mm -hmm. uh, could be a breach of the second commandment if it is being used in worship and bowed down to. So it's that second part,
1: not just making it, but worshiping it, that you're saying is the violation. Right,
0: right. Now, I, I think that you know there are depictions of Jesus that are irreverent, mm-hmm. and that is uh, a breach of the third commandment, to take his name in vain, yeah. to treat the things of God irreverently. So depictions of Jesus, while I think they may be appropriate in certain instances, I do not think they should be used in corporate worship. I think it's easy for us to be confused in our minds and our hearts as we are looking at these things, um, perhaps... They can be distracting, right?
1: Yeah. Well, so you said it, what What then is acceptable? Because you said in some cases it's, it's fine. Let's define that then. In, so in what ways do you think it's fine?
0: Right. So for educational purposes, um, artistic purposes, I think we can have depictions of Jesus mm-hmm. that could be um, helpful. So, you know, I'm not a guy that's going to say that the nativity scene is a breach of the second commandment because no, it good. shows yeah, a baby a example. In, in the manger. Um, now, some people would say that it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do think that maybe the precious moments, uh, figurines of... I don't even know what that is. Uh, well, don't worry about it. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> is that a real thing? It's a real thing. Okay, I don't even know what uh, Look, the depictions that we have of Jesus, if they're not a violation of the second commandment, they must be uh, that which gives us a, a, as realistic a perspective or as helpful a perspective mm-hmm. on who Jesus is as possible. If we so like white Jesus is okay that's a whole other subject white, well definitely uh, white Jesus, black Jesus, uh, Asian Jesus it all sort of gets confusing for people because throughout history Jesus has been you know communicated and represented in ways that somewhat reflect the culture yeah so you know sometimes he looks very white sometimes he looks very uh, African mm-hmm. and the reality is is he's Middle Eastern you know he, he, he had olive skin. So blue-eyed, blonde-haired Jesus is not helpful today. No, not at all. Uh, we sh- we we know we're we we are not ignorant about this. We know what he looked like in terms of generalities. Yeah, right? that's right. We don't know what he looked like, but we know where he came from.
1: So, what do you think about like Eastern Orthodox? Uh, I'm going to use the word veneration. Mm-hmm. Is that the right word? Yeah, uh, sure. With with icons.
0: Yeah. Well, most most Protestants have a problem with that, mm-hmm. and. You know, the iconoclasts, obviously, that was a big thing in church history where, you know, icons and art was smashed. I I would say that for use in corporate worship, not a good idea. Uh, But on the other hand, if I was, if Redeemer inherited a a big church building with uh, stained glass windows that represented Jesus feeding the 5,000. So if you've got one, let us know. Yeah, we would totally take it. We'll take it. Uh, I don't feel like we need to cover up those windows. I feel that those are instructive. They are artistic. But, um, you know, I would not want images of Jesus to be put up front for us to look at, to venerate, uh, or certainly of any of the saints. But,
1: but what are they—yeah, of course the saints. But what about for uh, for those that say, it helps me during worship? Because I'm seeing through it,
0: right? Like I'm seeing through it to reach a deeper understanding of who God is. Well, I I would— want to push back on any idea that just because you feel like something helps you doesn't necessarily mean that it does. Okay. So, you know, I may say like, well, you know what? This is something that uh makes me love Jesus more, this image of Jesus. Well, I would want to know like, well, in what way? How does it? What is it about that image or that representation in the context of corporate worship that helps you? Um I I just would say it it's it's dangerous to be monkeying around with those essential elements of corporate worship. We should stick to what the scripture commands about worship. And when it comes to the second commandment, I would simply say, let's be very, very careful and not loose. Well, that's a whole, we could do a whole subject on that. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy, I got one. Let's, let's, uh, I'm going to read this one. This is from Emma Grace Bloomer. And she wrote this through Facebook. She said, do either of you have a hard time reading Christian books old or new? I often do. It's likely mostly me, since I don't feel motivated to finish books that aren't story-focused. I'm trying to be more disciplined in it, though. Any advice or recommendations?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I struggle with reading from time to time. Uh, it's hard for me to... I think part of it's just I'm lazy. I think part of it's just that I'm impatient. Um, and so if I'm not reading as, as fast... Or if, I guess it's more like if I'm not reading enough books, I tell myself that. That if I'm not reading right. enough during the week... Uh, if I'm not getting through five books, then somehow I'm failing. Uh, so I think it's – it's part of it, I think, is uh, learning what works for you. So finding that time of day that you can be uh, engaged in your reading. And right. it doesn't matter if it takes you three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, whatever, right. how long it takes. But you're actually able to, to stop and engage with what you're reading. You're going to get a lot more out of it. So it's not really about the, the – quantity but the quality yes of what you're taking in i remember uh reading at some point about john piper and how he uh maybe I, I might be this is over generalization but rarely reads a whole book and i think part of that is uh not that he's lazy but he gets stuck he, he reads something and he reads a paragraph or he reads a chapter or he reads a section of a book and he chews on that and chews on that and chews on that and that's where he stays to get the most out of it
0: right Yeah, I think that's that's good. I, you know, I, I feel like I have pretty good retention on the books that I read. Mm -hmm. But uh, if if I'm into them, if I'm not into them, I don't have great retention. But uh, the best things that I get out of any book is usually one or two ideas that really stick with me. I think I think Piper's right. There is that. You know, I, I can read a book and sometimes I'll read books by guys that I'm just not really into. I think theologically maybe they're not on the mark, but they're strong in a particular area, so I want to read them. And I'm frequently encouraged by wow, you know what, it was worth reading two hundred and fifty pages for that one thing. You know, some of these books shouldn't be books, they should be articles and they'd yeah, be a lot better. Which, sure. which is why I write really short books.
1: Yeah, that's why you write really <laughs> short books. You're little <laughs> bathroom readers. <laughs> hey
0: bathroom readers are good for the soul when are you going to
1: write a big boy book oh you've got three
0: coming out I'm working
1: on it you're working on them you're actually going to do I like to take Joe's books All right, I'm going to just say this when Joe put out Experiencing the Trinity and Mm. everyone was taking photos of it around the world he was like there were like three people
0: that did that no there
1: was quite a few people Mm. and so my wife and I had gone on vacation and we went to Jamaica and I'm thinking oh I'm going to bring the book I'm going to read it maybe I'll take a photo of it on the beach I'm like nope I went to the bathroom Put it on the toilet and sent the photo to Joe. and said I'm really enjoying your new book.
0: It's a good place, man. <laughs> My books, those those little devotionals, you can read it in one sitting. One <laughs> each devotional, each in, devotional one sitting.
1: in one sitting. But what's I think you highlight something there that I or I, I want to highlight something there that you said though, Joe, in that uh, Emma, as you're reading, you don't know what you're actually retaining at that time. I right. feel like after I read a book, I got nothing from it. Right. I can't sit here and articulate well the argument in the book. But I find later on, months later, maybe even years later, that as I'm I'm reading something or I'm in a discussion with someone, an idea from the book will pop into my head. Right. And, you know, I think that's just the grace of God in that that it's there and I'm able to draw upon it uh, as an example that points to this, this truth of who God
0: is definitely definitely so, so don't don't assume that you're you're not getting anything out of it Emma don't assume that because it's hard that you should just give up uh, find the good books mm-hmm. if you read one amazing book a year to be honest that's more than a lot of Christians are reading yeah uh, so praise God for that uh, so just take give, give yourself 15 minutes a night yeah. Fifteen minutes a night reading. Uh do that, you know, four nights a week, five nights a week.
1: And if you want something easy to start with, kind of a beginner level, uh Joe has a couple books, note yeah. to sell an
0: all right. all all experience right. at the truth <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Joe. You're not sorry. <laughs> That's false repentance right there. All right, so I would just say you know, find some good books, find some short ones, get some good recommendations from your pastors, and, the and, uh, and, and just dive on in. All right, Jim, which question do you want to pick now?
1: Uh, well, here, I'm just going to mark this one. Uh, Michael Murray asked about cussing, uh, our view of cuss words, and I know for Joe and I, we'll talk about it more in coarse language, so mm-hmm. actually the next podcast on Thursday is one we're going to be hitting on that topic, so wait for that one, Michael. Uh, for this one though, I'm gonna ask you, Joe. This is from Gage Crowder? What? That's who? Gage Crowder. No, it's
0: Cage, right? It's gotta be Cage. There's
1: no way it's Gage.
0: No Gage? one names their child Gage. No, it's 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 got it's like it's not Gage Crowder, it's Cage Grouder. It's gotta be that, right? That's gotta be that it. makes more he, sense. You so, misspelled your name. Cage. Oh, All right, call him Cage. All
1: right, so Cage. Uh, Cage writes, Hello Jim and Joe. Notice my name's first. Yeah,
0: why does Jimmy get first billing? Because I'm the man. I start the podcast. Uh but I sustain it. <laughs> Jim and Joe,
1: my name is Cage, and I've been listening to D&D since day one. Thanks, man. I had one question I would like you guys to discuss. Being Reformed, what specifically kept you guys Baptist?
0: Super easy. Super easy? Yeah, Jimmy. What kept us Baptist? Scripture. What up?
1: Oh, yeah. Was I right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course you're right. What are you talking about? I'm being persuaded by the Word of God.
0: Um. All right. Seriously, uh, when I was... You know, cutting my teeth on Reformed theology when I was introduced to it at a at a young Christian age and began to read. I was reading Charles Hodge's Systematic Theology. I was reading um, John Calvin's Institutes of the Christian Religion. Uh, I was reading all. I was reading John Murray. I was reading all these guys that were Presbyterian. And the more I got exposed to Reformed theology, the more I found it to be a a very good representation of the truths of Scripture. In other words, as I was reading the Bible, what I found in Reformed theology was satisfying, Mm. and what I found in Arminian theology was not satisfying. Uh, What I found uh, in Covenant theology satisfied me biblically much more than dispensational theology. And so as I began to read Covenant theology and get into that, what I continued to struggle with was the 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 Presbyterian Covenant Theology's perspective yeah. on baptism as it relates to the New Covenant and children and how they relate to the New Covenant. That's a whole nother series, and we're going to talk we're about We're going to talk about Covenant Theology in the future. We're going to do a whole thing on Covenant Theology and Baptist Covenant Theology. But what, what happened to me was I, I just found too many inconsistencies or a few big inconsistencies as I was reading Scripture from my perspective mm-hmm. in uh, Paedo-Baptist covenant theology. And what I was more persuaded by was the Baptist perspective of covenant theology. And that has continued to develop and grow and mature over the years. So um, honestly, my, you know, like Luther said, my, my conscience is held captive to the Word of God. And so I have to go with this. I, I wanted to be Presbyterian. I really did. Uh, you wanted the robe. I I wanted the robes. I think I, I have a
1: photo of you in a robe. Uh
0: it's a monk's more of a monk's robe though. It's more Catholic.
1: Yeah, but it's still what you wanted. You can you should be able to find it online. Oh, you can find it.
0: So um yeah, I was it So was, you wanted to be Presbyterian. I Sorry. Did, I, I did you. I did want to be Presbyterian. I didn't want to be Baptist because Baptists are, are I don't know. The Smug, mo-
1: arrogant, no, uh, don't know how to smile. Dumb I never said, no, no, no. No, no. I said. Okay.
0: No, like the, that's the perspective among some theologians that Baptists are just kind of uneducated and unfamiliar with robust theology. And because I was reading Presbyterian so much uh, in my interactions with Baptist churches, I felt a little bit that way, arrogantly so. Mm-hmm. Uh, since then, I've come to find brilliant, Reformed Baptist theologians that are truly inspirational. So, yeah, it was just as I was reading scripture, I was compelled uh, as I was reading scripture in accordance or with or in conjunction with uh, systematic theology and biblical theology to go this route. We'll have a whole podcast on that.
1: Yep. Looking forward to that one.
0: All right. So do I get to choose one? Yes. Choose I'm, that one.
1: I'm hoping you don't. Choo- yeah. Don't choose the one.
0: Well, you don't know what I'm choosing. We got one on birth control. I'm uh, okay. No, I'll skip that one for now. Yeah. All right. we we'll, right, we'll have a maybe. Okay. Uh, Andy Chulka. What? (laughs) (laughs) You chose it because of the name. Listen, Chulka is awesome. You know what it reminds me of? Land of the Lost.
1: Land of the Lost. I can't even find this question, to be honest.
0: Randy, Oh, here it is. Andy Andy Chulka. Chulka reminds me of this little Bigfoot creature named Chaka. In the old 70s TV show, Land of the Lost. Never saw it. Google it. All right. uh, Here's what he says. Perhaps this is a a little off topic, but I was wondering how Jimmy's use of his iPad Pro as his main computer is working out. Does he have any app suggestions or any pointers as to what he's found helpful in using it for sermon prep and other ministry-related items? Thanks for your podcast. Three exclamation points. Wow, three. What do you see? Steve Steven Furtick? That's like that's a lot of exclamation points.
1: Thanks for your podcast.
0: So uh yeah, actually Jimmy is hardcore into his iPad Pro Mm -hmm. and he is definitely uh this effectiveness and efficiency kind of guy. So Jimmy, take it away.
1: Uh things I liked about the iPad was that it was lighter than my laptop. So it's something that's easier to carry around. Um it definitely is I, I have the big one, the the 12.9 inch
0: i think it is the esv study bible of ipads the esv study bible of ipads
1: (laughs) that thing's massive um and so it's definitely one of those devices that it's not like handheld you know it's going to hurt your hand over time it's it's something that you have to take with you in your bag and find a desk or a, a table of some sort at the coffee shop and post up for the day um so, yeah, I mean, as far as sermon prep and things like that, I really enjoy it. The split screen is great. Uh, I'm able to have multiple screens up at the same time um, and, and cycle back and forth through them. I love Logos on there. It doesn't have all the functionality that you would have on a desktop, but the mobile version is always going to be that way. Uh, what Honestly, what I really love about the iPad Pro is the Apple Pencil uh, and taking notes. That's a stylus, right? N- no. Steve Jobs would be turning in his grave if he knew that... Uh, that you called it a stylus well, That's what it is though It's not a stylus It's a
0: pencil But it, how? What's the difference? No
1: Because With this pencil You're only using it To annotate and to mark up You're not using it to scroll Oh You're not using it To scroll back and forth it Can you really, scroll with it? Not
0: really Re- Can you?
1: I've not tried it. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so This thing is amazing. I did watch the videos on this, like what you can do with that pencil. It's fantastic.
1: So the app that I love, uh, and I've talked about it before, I think on, on my blog, is Notability. And it's a fantastic app for, like I use it um, in our elder meetings and any meeting that's really important to me. Because it while I'm writing and annotating, uh, it's recording the audio of the room right and so uh let's say i'm i'm you know i do the elder notes um the next day i'm going through it if i look at one of my notes i'm like why did i write that i click on that note that i wrote and the audio automatically jumps to that conversation and i can get the context of what's going on around me (laughs) so cool i love it so i'm I'm able to get a fuller picture so if you're only going to be using for note taking uh i think the smaller ipad pro is great notability is a fantastic you're gonna you're
0: gonna go to the small ipad pro ipad pro aren't you I don't know. Do you want to?
1: I want to, but I don't know if I can justify.
0: I'll justify it for
1: you. Oh, is church going to buy me one?
0: No. <laughs> well, no, not well. that full justification.
1: <laughs> so, so yeah, I love Notability. Uh, that's my go-to app on here. Um, and I and I love to I'll copy and paste from uh, from Logos or, or everywhere else, and I can uh, paste it into Notability, and I can annotate it. And that's how I do a lot of my... Uh, when I'm just thinking, just brainstorming. Uh, another app that I use is OmniFocus. That one's kind of separate. You don't need the iPad Pro for that. You can use that on any Apple device. It is a great task manager. I really highly recommend that. I know it's, that's not really it's your awesome. question. But I, uh,
0: OmniFocus is awesome.
1: Joe, you bailed on it. What? No, I bought it. Yeah, you. but you bailed on
0: it. I have it on my phone. I have and it on my, I ba- have it on my so iPad and my spent, computer. It,
1: it costs money, people, and it costs a lot of money. I got it when it was free. When they first yeah, came you out. You got it for free? Oh. Yeah, when it first came out. Yeah uh Joe, I got it, and he bailed on it. Yeah, uh, that's too it much. It takes some time to learn. No, I didn't like and it, and it's it's really easy to use, but you have to be disciplined in wanting to be effective. Which All the Joe guys, is not.
0: I'll tell you what, the guys that I know that get a whole heck of a lot done, they use OmniFocus.
1: OmniFocus, it's great. Love the app. Uh, so those, yeah, Notability, definitely, that's a great app. And the notes app on um, the iPad Pro is great. The the writing is fantastic when you're using the Apple Pencil. The issue I have with it is uh, with the Notes app, you cannot import a PDF into there and then annotate it. Mm. So you can't type and annotate, uh, but you can do that with Notability. And honestly, uh, I feel like the Microsoft app on here, Don't Word, is better oh, than Pages. Oh, yes, it is. Gosh. When you're, you're using the Apple Microsoft Pencil, is better. It's, it's a lot better. Uh, it's a lot better on, on the iPad Pro. So I use that, but I use Pages as well because everyone here uses Pages. Um, but when you're annotating, when you're using the Apple Pencil, uh, I find Word to be uh,
0: superior. Those are me thoughts. All right. Well, all of those were good except for the end on Microsoft. I don't I'm just say I don't
1: like Microsoft, but their Microsoft Word oh, on the iPad Pro is fantastic. Apple gives
0: even, Microsoft a wedgie in the bathroom every day at lunch. Okay. So there we go. All right. Well, you're going to choose one? Oh, yes. Let's do one more.
1: Let's do one more. So we did that one. We did that one.
0: Oh, wait. Let's do a quick one. We'll do a quick one. All right. Here. I got a, I got a quick one on pencils I want us to do.
1: Well, hold on. Don't you want to do this one first?
0: Not birth control.
1: No, not that. I'm not going to do that one. Uh, let's do this. This is a quick one.
0: Okay. All right. And then we could do
1: pencils. All right. All right. Here we go. This is on confessionalism. All right. So Mike B writes, hey guys, I'm a Christian who respects the Reformed tradition, but attend a SBC church, which isn't really Reformed or confessional. Blah, blah, blah. I hear quotes often. Blah, blah, blah. Don't blah, blah, blah. No, it's Mike it's No, he's got two freaking paragraphs. They're I'm, long. They're long. I'm blah, blah. Okay, so blah, 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 blah. What does it mean to hold a confession? What must one know about the confession before claiming to hold it? Can you agree with every single... this? Is like five questions. So... Let's start with, what does it mean to hold to a confession, um, and what should you be looking for before claiming to hold one?
0: Okay, and we'll answer all this together. And then, do you have to agree with every single statement in it, or in a general sense? Um, So, let's say this. When you're a church that holds to a confession, uh, holds to it, and then if they need to, they note any uh, exceptions that they may take to it. at least, you know, that's certainly what happens in most of the confessional Baptist churches that I know, or they embrace it uh, in its entirety. And the way that you embrace it is you embrace a confession uh, in that it is biblical, or you embrace a confession insofar as it is biblical. So you can say, you can say I embrace the 1689 full subscription insofar as it is biblical meaning that uh there there might be an area where you would word things differently and you want to say like well you know when it comes to saying that the pope is the antichrist uh i would say that the pope is an antichrist not the antichrist mm. the son of perdition uh and so yeah I, I you might take an exception there uh guys that say that they subscribe to it full subscription. As it is biblical, because it is biblical, then they embrace the whole thing. And so in Presbyterian circles, if you're going to be ordained in the PCA, for example, um, you have to subscribe to the confession. Mm -hmm. And if you take exception to anything, and probably what's most commonly brought up today for exceptions is the view of the Sabbath, and Sabbatarianism, which we'll talk about in a future podcast. Yep. Um, you would have to defend that, and then the Presbytery would determine whether or not you are within bounds and can move forward as an ordained Presbyterian minister.
1: As long as you don't, you know, post on Sundays. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a reformed <laughs> podcast joke. So um, here's what we would say. And um, I love Lesson Tanner. Number 1, out. all the all the confe- all the good reformed confessions will say that scripture is the authority, the final authority in all faith and practice, that the confession is beneath that and has to answer to it, that the confession in and of itself is not the authority scripture is, that the confession is a distillation of our authority. Secondly, um Yes. Uh, you, if you, you, so you can say, like, I love the 1689 or the Westminster Confession of Faith. And if you disagree with it, then be honest. Uh, articulate where you disagree. Um, should you agree with every single statement in the document? Or just in a more general sense, that's your question? Well, I would say, well, if <laughs> you're going to agree with it based on your understanding of Scripture. Um, I would suggest that those guys were brilliant, and you should pay very close attention. And if you find yourself stepping out of line with them, you need to be very seriously challenged. I need to be very seriously challenged because my view of the Sabbath is different, uh, somewhat different, from that which is in the 1689. Hmm. And so I need some hard pushback on that uh, in order to validate my view. You also asked, how does holding to a confession affect one's pilgrim journey? Yeah, I want to ask that one. That's a good question. uh, the, the, the beauty of confessionalism is that it links believers together within a church, within a uh, cooperative effort, mm-hmm. like a network or within a denomination, and throughout churches in church history— and in the case of the 1689 and the Westminster, it shows how much commonality we have between Baptists and Presbyterians. So one of the ways it affects your pilgrim journey is in showing the uh, the shared faith that we all have together, that we agree with so much of the the whole counsel of God and the truths of God that we can link arms with one another mm-hmm. and get a lot done. I also find that confessions and catechism uh, catechisms are very Uh, devotional and rich. I would encourage you guys to get the 1689 or the Westminster Confession of Faith and read through it. Pick a chapter and read one paragraph a day and meditate on it. Look up the scripture verses. Uh, That would be a great devotional habit to kind of do something new in your life. Uh, Really, really helpful. How can it be applied in everyday life? As you're seeing those truths uh, connected to your experience and your current situations, you're going to see that. We actually... Go through a new paragraph of the 1689 at every elder's meeting. That's right. And it doesn't take much time, but it's, uh, it's really, really good. What and how should one study before holding to a confession? Well, we're all in process, Mike. I think we need to be patient, um, listen to your pastors, um, read broadly, Read the best arguments from both sides. Don't read a Presbyterian on what Baptists believe. Read a Baptist Mm -hmm. on what Baptists believe. Don't read a Baptist on what a Presbyterian believes, but read a Presbyterian. Same with dispensationalism, covenant theology, new covenant theology, and everything else. So uh, I think there's great value don't run out and get a tattoo conf- uh, confession tattooed on your on your hand. Uh, only a <laughs> few. That's dumb. The, the, a few knuckleheads have done that. I've got sixteen eighty nine tattooed, blazing big on my left hand. Dumb. And uh, I think it's awesome. And if I if people want to know, what happens if you turn Presbyterian? Well, then I'll I'll put it on my right hand. I'll put sixteen forty six on my right hand for mm. the for the Westminster, and we'll we'll get it on. So it's all good. I ain't worried about it. But, uh, yeah, love love the confession. Let's wrap up with pencils, Jim. All
1: right, well, here you go. Uh, Kate Hudson writes, I'm really excited. No, no, no,
0: wait, 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 Kate, what? That's yeah. an actress. Who's this? Yeah,
1: Kate Hudson. No, she no, was no. in That's How not... to Lose a Guy in 10 Days and Almost Famous. She's no, amazing. This is Kate. I'm actually really amazed that we have such famous people uh, sending us questions.
0: All right, well, first of all, it's Kate Houston here. Wait, Houston. no,
1: Hugh- Hudson. Houston. Well, Kate, you're, uh, you're pretty cool as well. Well, so anyways, Kate writes this.
0: Hello! Wait, hello, two exclamation exclamation points. points. She's excited.
1: I've become a very recent and faithful listener of your podcast. What up? So thankful for what you guys are doing and discussing every Monday. Uh, I'm going to add here, uh, every Monday and Thursday. That's right. We're doubling down. Uh, I'm sharing it. I've been sharing it.
0: Will, Will, my (laughs) friends.
1: Oh, Will is her friend.
0: Okay, I've been sharing it. Will, my friends. Kate, (laughs) Kate, read through your emails before you send them, girl. Because it's
1: been encouragement and joy to listen to. So thank you.
0: Oh, yeah. Jimmy and Joe. Jimmy and Joe. Notice I'm
1: first again. Why am I always last? Because I'm the man. I want to ask randomly what type of pencils you prefer to use. My boyfriend Noah was inspired by your specific use of pencils when taking notes in your Bible or journaling, etc. And I figured you might know the best brand to go for. Looking forward to the podcasts that are to come. All right, Joe. I'm going to let you go to... But there's one
0: more question after this, but I'm going to let you do this one. Listen, this... This is our jam. We love pencils. Yeah. Jimmy and I are all about the pencils. Analog. Graphite. Oh, man. It's just, we watch videos. We watch videos on how pencils are made. Oh, it's just awesome. So graphite and clay come together to give you different uh, darknesses and hardnesses. I'm pretty sure it's the glory of the Lord the that lead. comes together. Pencils are the divinely approved form of note-taking. I agree. I think okay. uh, Jesus
1: cries if you use a pen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that.
0: <laughs> um, so, listen, if you're not going to get into pencils and you're not going to start experimenting and, and getting all kinds of cool pencils from, like, Japanese pencil companies, and stuff the japanese make the best pencils um but if you if if or some of the best pencils if you just want a box of really good pencils that write like butter like butter butter uh then go with the palomino black wing i'm yes. going to recommend the pearl yeah the pearl dude
1: i'm not a fan of the pearl
0: you you are
1: not a fan no i, I like, I like the pearl you're a fan of the pearl okay yes but I like the. Uh, you like the 602, don't you? I like the 602 boy. Okay,
0: so the 602 or the Pearl, or you know what? Get a box of each. And the Cedar Point. The Cedar Point. Now, nah, the Cedar Point's okay. No, Cedar Point is great. You're going to confuse her. The Cedar Point's not that good. Cedar Point's good. Get but... all of them. No, no, no. Get the Palomino Blackwing Pearl. No, 602. Pearl. 602. Pearl. Well, 602. You had another question. I thought we were done.
1: Yeah, hold on. Well, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Along with this, though. All right. If you're going to be writing, yes. you need to write on something. Yes, you do. So why don't you talk about uh, the, I think, the the little journals that we use right. to keep track of notes and what we use for our journaling.
0: Okay, so Jimmy and I carry these amazing wallets. We'll link to this in the show notes. Uh, we won't get a kickback for this, but these are great wallets. These are wallets that not only hold your money and your cards, they're hand-stitched, beautiful leather um, but they also made in Canada. But uh,
1: yep, made okay, in Canada. So
0: even with that, they're still good. Shout out to my wife, Canadian. They, um, they hold a field notes journal, which is a pocket journal. It can fit in your breast pocket, it can fit in your back pocket, but they get torn up after a while. So this way, they slide right into the wallet. And so field notes are the are preferred uh, note taking devices. Not just
1: not just field notes though. Hold on, uh,
0: it's a specific kind of field note. Well, I, I use. I used the black ones, but. The
1: black ones and? Well, there's a bunch of them. I know, but we. The best ones. No. Black ones and dotted.
0: Oh, dot grid, yeah. Dot grid. Yeah, so the dot grid or dot matrix. You can go with lined or you can go with blank, but we like Or the, you can go square. Yeah, you can go do just the, the grid. We like the dot matrix because it what it is is it's dots all the way down the page mm-hmm. so that you can write in straight lines, so you can space things out, that's but right. because it's dots and not lines or, or a grid, you have much more uh, of a blank, clean space to work with. So that's the paper that we like. Field notes make the, our favorite journals, so you should check that out. And for regular journaling... yeah, Lecterm. Uh, lecterm, or Leuchtturm. term, um, As my wife would say. Uh, lecterm journals are great. They lay flat. They have all kinds of extras. The pages are already numbered. There's an index in the front. So we're linked to all this in the show notes, but that's what we like to use. Faux show.
1: Faux show. All right, last question is... We have another uh, question. Yeah, it's at the top here. Right. Uh, Hugh Jazz writes, uh, what are you going to do with all the fame that you guys are accumulating with your podcast? And how bad do you feel that all the other podcasts are shutting down and what? stopping
0: uh, to record? That's, I don't have that in here. Where's that?
1: Yeah, yeah, we're way at the top. <laughs>
0: no, it's not. Yes, just it is. You're that up. No, I'm not. I'm just, it's up there. <laughs> all right, well. Um, what are you going to do with
1: all this fame, Joe?
0: Uh, he I, wants I, to know. I, I. Listen, we don't get as many downloads as uh, the big podcast, so I think you're making that up. But uh, if you do want to support us, you can go to iTunes and leave us a, a recommend. Like, what, is it, what do we call it, a review? Review. Re- a, re- subscribe and leave us a, a review. Uh, five stars is probably sounds about right.
1: That'd be your honest review, I believe. Yeah,
0: leave an honest review of five stars. Yeah, five stars. Uh, tell us what you think. Tell your friends. They can, they can subscribe, and you can subscribe. Like Kate's doing like Thanks, Kate's Kate. doing that. Kate's telling other people. Um, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. And converse with us. Talk with us. Jimmy, if they want to send us a message, how do they do it?
1: Yeah, you just head over, head over to DoctrineAndDevotion.com. Hit the, uh, not the sign-up page. Oh, you can hit the sign-up page. Uh, but also hit the Contact Us page. And you can go ahead and fill out the form and send us an email. Leave us your comments, your thoughts, your podcast ideas. If you got any complaints, um, whatever, whatever.
0: Hey, you know what? We can't end this without saying thank you.
1: Oh, you know who we have to thank, though?
0: Justin Bond. Justin
1: Bond of J. J. Bond, Bond Media.
0: Oh, Dang, he's so awesome. I can't so share awesome. oh, the news yet. Okay, we're no, going to wait. We're going to wait. Listen, uh, Justin Bond is, is... the man. He's legit. Fantastic. And so if you need photo work, video work... Um,
1: or you're trying to do a podcast and you're not... You yeah, know, some our of quality. you guys,
0: some of you guys, sound pretty janky out there. Really bad. All right, you sound like our first podcast. Our
1: fir- first podcast with a cruddy microphone. And the microphone is good. No, it was not. It's actually good. No, it's terrible. No, you don't know what you're talking no, about. No, it was but a terrible microphone and so GarageBand.
0: If you don't know what you're doing, then uh, like like us. Hit up J. Bond. Hit up J. Bond. He's linked in the show notes. Thank you guys for listening. We have so much fun doing this. We're going to include more mailbag on every episode so that uh, we can uh, keep making progress here. So send in your stuff and uh, we will hit you back. Jimmy, we're on what? Every Monday and Thursday now. Every Monday and Thursday. Subs- so twice as much JoFo. Oh, yeah. I like that. All right, <laughs> <laughs> So we'll see you guys in a, in a few days. Later.